Good morning and welcome to today's webinar on the thought-provoking topic of art versus analytics. Can art enable you to see more? Art and analytics generally live in isolation today, with many considering that for art to be creative and relevant, it must address the human condition with the associated wide spectrum of emotions, while remaining separate from the analytical evidence-based sciences. In fact, accountants and artists seem to operate on different planes, if indeed different planets. But in our data-driven age, business is now overwhelmed with data. Too many graphs, too many actionable insights. How do you extract meaning from the terabytes of data drowning every single executive and company employee? Dashboards and KPIs are one-dimensional, usually backward-looking and can miss key systematic performance changes. Could a possible solution be to combine art and analytics? to help explain business and its performance within a complex system framework. After all, wasn't one of the world's greatest artists, one of its greatest mathematicians, Leonardo da Vinci? This morning, it is a real pleasure to be joined by Ian Dowson. Ian is the principal of William Garrity Associates Limited, a boutique consultancy specializing in the strategic implications of FinTech, GovTech, and corporate development, who have been producing original research on innovation systems since 2008. In his corporate career, Ian was financial director of an 800-unit retail chain, a chief accountant in the UK and Belgium for Imperial Group and Ladbrook, and he started his career with Glaxoco PLC. Ian speaks and writes regularly on fintech and digital innovation, and has presented at Social Media Week, Fintech Week, Fintech for Good, Digital Shortage Festival, and London Blockchain Week. Right, please bear with me for some brief housekeeping points before I hand over to Ian. I'm Charlotte Dorbrashley and I manage the FS Club here at Zen and I'm immensely grateful to our very generous sponsors who enable us to continue to bring you a wide range of thought-provoking content across finance, technology, economics and even art. In a deviation from our usual procedures, we won't be making the slides publicly available. However, if you would like a copy, please post your request directly into the chat box. We'll be holding a 20-minute Q&A session after Ian's presentation, so please use the GoToWebinar chat facility to send your questions in to me so I can feed them into the conversation. Okay, on to the fun stuff now. Over to you, Ian. Thank you very much, Charlotte. And I've always been very impressed with the work of the Financial Services Club that today innovation in financial services is even more important than ever. So what are we going to discuss today? Art versus analytics. Can art enable you to see more? Uh, first thing, this is my legal disclaimer, none of this is any form of financial advice. So I've been looking at innovation uh, and financial services since probably 2008 when I got involved in Digital London and I used to come down to the city and say these hipsters in Old Street have got something which might you might find useful uh, the response I got was you're mad we're the city we know everything but gradually from 2010 they picked up on it that here was a new form of innovation which enabled finance to be delivered in different ways to many different people. 
So I've got to a stage in my life of where I feel trapped inside a spreadsheet, the proverbial prisoner. I've got too much data, too many figures, and I don't really understand what's going on. I obviously understand cash flow, but beyond that, the mechanisms of the systems that deliver cash flow, I really don't have very much of a clue. And that stimulated me to look at things in a different way. Everybody will say that they're on the edge. But what does it mean to me? It means that I weave together things from different domains. I then look at the systems involved and how the systems interrelate and try and understand my own system. And I pay particular attention to outliers because invariably they're the drivers of the system. So how do artists use data and technology? Here's an artist's piece done by field.io representing the wave. And that wave is in the entrance hall of Deutsche Bank in Hong Kong. And it's generated from financial data. It gives you a visual picture of what's happening within markets. Fundamentally different way of looking at things. And here is another image which is generated from trading data and algorithmic trading data. And the underlying mathematics produced the form of a flower. Quite remarkable. But it's something that the artists know, and you can understand that. Art plus AI. So here are two images merged within a generative adversarial network, the eye and the inside of the clock. And they come together and they create a completely new image. So <clears throat> if you look at the images and say, well, these are two sets of data. When you put the data into a deep learning system, you come up with a completely different image. But by using art as the medium, you can perceive much, much more than millions of rows of data. Here again, you have an artistic piece merged with a mask, i.e. the figure at the bottom, and they join together perfectly well. And maybe when we're processing data through very, very large uh, uh, neural network or predictive analytics systems, we need to use masks. But this illustration indicates that there are certain masks that appeal to certain kinds of data, i.e. the picture up in the uh, uh, left-hand side. Then when we put the same image through a Mandelbrot 
natural, we then get the hidden picture generated by the neural network. And I think, again, this is very important for those trying to use this kind of analytics, is that you generate hidden pictures, hidden sets of data, which on the surface you would never see. And I think what's important that when you look at the changes in those hidden, uh, uh, those revealed uh, uh, images, that's where you get the value from. Here we've merged uh, a number of images. The very first one of the boy is Jean Miro, uh, his picture of um, uh, the little bulls, little red bulls. But the network actually puts the red of the bull in the boy's eye. In terms of uh, Alice, that's a much more conventional picture. We then go down from Alice uh, when we look at Cleopatra rendered in Clint, uh, Gustav Clint uh, in blue. That looks like a traditional image, although Cleopatra doesn't look too happy in it. But then when I render the same image in Clint gold uh, uh, picture, then it starts to get a bit weird and spooky. And the point I make from this is that sometimes the output you get from using generative adversarial networks can be very surprising. And the question is, is there a ghost in the machine? So what are we trying to do? We have a complex system and through analytics, we're trying to optimize through time, chaos and boundary change in order to make our system sustainable. So when you give data to artists, they'll tell you a story. And this is a story of cats and dogs, uh, 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 illustrating the popularity of searches, uh, uh, cats versus dogs. The dogs win it. Uh, they have 99 out of 115, uh, 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 but it's done in a way that you can immediately visualize. And then Stephanie has done a very, very interesting uh, uh, story where Stephanie sent a postcard to a friend in New York. The friend in New York also sent a postcard of their journey each week. They put the postcards together and generated a narrative of a whole year, something normal reporting, analytic reporting systems would never do. And they would never get at the emotional richness that such a technique generates. So let's have a look at space. Now this is space as we all understand it. And We've gone on to uh, space by Black Shoals. Uh, uh, and this is space moving uh, uh, done by Black Shoals. We all see this, we've all seen pictures from the Hubble telescope, perfectly normal. 
but that image was a 3D image of shares and shares moving. This gives a little bit of a glimpse to it. And that's the volume, the white light is the volume. And now you've got Lloyd's Banking Group and you can see the volume moving towards Lloyd's Banking Group. An absolute revel, I found this a revelation because it, to me, it illustrates the fact that data is alive and data moves and data is in 3D and connected to everything else. So again, to reiterate, data is alive when visualized against time. It exists in 3D. It has its own universe connected. It moves through between time. Each point behaviors matter. The network and system change continuously. And I think as my own friend, James Tiberius Kirk might understand it as, it's a complex system with Mandelbrot ten tendencies and tentacles. So maybe if we want to analyze data in this new world we find ourselves, we should all be speaking to astrophysicists. And let's have a look at Bitcoin's metaverse. This is work done by Imperial College. Big Data presents a large challenge to the visualization community in that there's now so much more data to visualize, um, but the window that you have onto that data is essentially the same size. Welcome to uh, the Data Science Institute at Imperial College London. Um, the facility you're standing within is the KPMG Data Observatory. Its goal is to help you visualize uh, big data and to make sense of it in a social fashion. Bitcoin is an online currency. Um, uh, it's maintained by a network of computers uh, around the world. What we have on this plot here is a visualization of the computers uh, on the network, which are the blue dots on here. Um, this is coming through in live real time. The spikes that you see uh, on this plot are the transactions in Bitcoin. The spikes will grow uh, over time, showing you the, the global distribution of um, the currency. This is the work of one of our MSc students, uh, Dan McGinn. This is his final uh, project. The goal of this essentially is to give us an idea of the topology of the transactions on this screen. When you see uh, one of these structures like this, um, this is essentially uh, one account, which is the white line around the edge, uh, making one payment um, using lots of small bitcoins. Now the opposite of that would be one of these blue stars, uh, like this one here, um, which is making uh, lots of payments with one bitcoin. So one thing you can see on this, for example, is the chains of transactions, um, like these ones uh, just here. And essentially, this is following money through the Bitcoin economy. So this is essentially uh, Alice pays Bob, Bob pays Charlie, Charlie pays David, and you can follow the flow of money through the uh, Bitcoin economy in real time. On this screen at the moment, um, there is about $5 million worth of Bitcoin transactions uh, on the screen. So quite amazing, uh, you can see the interrelationship of the Bitcoin universe in 3D, it's alive, you can plot all of the movements. These are a series of uh, uh, images produced by Imperial College 
to illustrate what's going on in the uh, Bitcoin universe. And the, uh, the white blob is an attack on the universe. And there are many visualizations of Bitcoin. I found at least half a dozen, somewhere 10 or 20. And so this is not a technology, but could it be appointed to a new configuration of financial economies and technologies? The rise of the Finiverse, uh, cryptocurrencies, tokenization, DeFi, you can sell and buy and trade anything, exchange things which previously you had no way of doing, a new form of network global economic connectivity, economic chains, but it's all dependent upon governance and risk management. So data is now becoming an immersive force. Premier League football is probably the most data intensive studied sport in the world. The green blob is where Harry stands. So Brian, please go and stand next to Harry because that's where he scores the majority of his goals from. This is an illustration of the fact that uh, uh, trading could be revolutionized by using AR and VR. So somebody sitting at a trading desk puts on his glasses, is then able to see the market in 3D, identifies a trading situation. He then calls his, uh, uh, his client to discuss it. At the moment, as we all know, traders uh, sit in front of eight or 12 screens and try and figure out what's happening. This to me to be something very, very useful and to simplify the whole process. This, <clears throat> this slide just indicates the advances in uh, uh, real-time uh, uh, medical applications. You can now look at cells in real-time. So art of emerging. This is Ruben Fro. images represent a journey of decomposition and atrophy. Data science delivers the data points 
and the technology record, but Fro explains the journey, its story, content, and emotional connection. Fro's now moved on to uh, uh, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, uh, and his work doesn't have the clarity of his earlier work, in my own opinion. So, art merges with the Finiverse. This is one of Fro's uh, non-fungible tokens. OpenSea is probably one of the largest non-fungible token marketplace. The point I'd like to make is over $400 million has gone into it to fund it by some very tough customers. Andreessen Horace, Andreessen and many of the top line uh, 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 Californian VCs. And what we know is the metaverse now seems to be generating a real sort of value. Remember, this is not any kind of financial advice. Uh, the one I'd just like to focus on is decentral land. You can buy real estate in a metaverse, trade it, develop it, and then sell it on. And these things, these metaverses, have real claimed values. Uh, the top five there, I've illustrated between two and five billion. And one of them, Axie, recently had $600 million uh, removed from it. So observations, data's alive, basically. It's organic and it's art. You can visually understand, particularly stock markets and Bitcoin, and find patterns by using artistic methodologies. Creative metaverses are paralleled by the financial metaverse twin. Art is the bridge between creative metaverse and financial metaverse. If you're not visualizing your data this way, your competitors are. Think about this as a complex system, but think of it like an artist does, extract the story. Your interventions are gonna be completely different when you start looking at your whole system, and particularly when you start to predict, predict, model, forecast, and optimize your complex system in real time. But this is all built on top of governance, audit, and cyber. Without that, you have nothing. Art and analytics do enable you to see more. And finally, a statement from David Hockney, that he's now very deaf, but he makes the point that his deafness has made him look more at things. And I think that is very sound advice. I agree. Thank you so much, Ian. Um, 
I've always appreciated and been awe inspired by art, but I've never quite seen things in the way you articulated today. Uh, please do keep sending your questions in using the chat facility. Uh, one thing in um, that your presentation has had me ponder is how do we get data scientists and artists in the same room together, uh, let alone working together for a common purpose? I think you've got to look at the benefits that you can get out of this by looking particularly at financial markets in 3D complex moving systems. Once you look at it that way, you see there's a benefit of understanding uh, 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 a financial market in that manner. And then you've got to create the culture to get data scientists, designers, artists to work together to extract a different kind of story which is useful to you as the person who's trading in the financial market. Uh, we have another question here from um, Ian Harris who said, uh, perhaps he's oversimplifying, but one definition of art is the bringing together of analysts or analytics and creativity. Do you agree with that statement? I, I would agree with it, but I would stress that a lot of art has a mathematical basis that biology is driven by mathematics. And the illustration of the Mandelbrot set there gives a, a very short insight into the mathematical systems that actually drive our world. And so by art is heavily influenced by these systems, right? Analytics look at these systems to extract value. Bringing the two together enables you to extract more value. Um, Alex has asked, in the um, Deutsche Bank, um, C-wave graph. What was the exact data we were viewing there? Well, she was using the concept of the wave, the um, uh, very famous Japanese uh, series of pictures around the wave to illustrate that financial markets are waves. And again, one. Traditionally, an analytics uh, person would say uh, uh, markets move in cycles or markets react to, uh, 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 to news. But there is an illustration that underlying the, the movement of markets of mathematics, which means that they move in a wave-like way because obviously they go up, become oversold, and then come down again. Uh, uh, you know, it's very, 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 very predictable. Looks like we've got a question from an artist now. Um, so Jane um, has asked, said, fascinating talk. Um, she doesn't think she agrees with the premise that all art is analytical. She says that when she paints or draws, she observes and creates. 
that she doesn't think or do anything that might be described as analytics. So she's therefore questioning the extent to which NFTs are themselves art. They might be certificates of authentication, but not themselves art. What is your view on this? I think art reaches parts of the human that analytics doesn't reach. It reflects culture, history, emotions, and sentiment, and that's just a, a very small uh, 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 illustration of some of the things it gets to. But what art does, in many instances, is, is tell a story. The artist's perception, and I'm particularly influenced by Hockney and the way that he uses the way that humans perceive things to tell his artistic story. And the Impressionists did the same. So with so much data around, and the world is swamped with data, right? Maybe there's a role for artists to say, we understand how humans see things. Can we make them see more? And on that note, actually, Graham Elliott's asked, are there people who can look at the data as presented in a spreadsheet and see the images in the, their imagination that you've shown us today? I spent my life in the middle of spreadsheets uh, uh, ever since uh, Apple II computers were invented, which was 100 years ago. And sometimes you see, you feel that the data is telling you something, that maybe there's something not quite right with this data, and I'm just giving an, an emotional response to this, so that you can, uh, 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 as an analyst, feel that there's something right or wrong or something different about this data set. It's not based on any form of analytics, but I get a feeling that this series of data might be strange in some way, and then I will go away and apply columns and rows and the mathematics to see whether that feeling is right or wrong. It used this thing used to be called the auditor's nose, right? Where you got a feeling if you are an auditor that something just wasn't quite right. It didn't quite fit. So I think that you can be immersed in uh, columns and rows, feel things from the data within columns and rows. In uh, Sutherland has asked. By combining data sets to create pleasing art, is there not a risk that we create a perception of meaning that really does not exist? Where is the feedback slash quality assurance in the outputs? You don't go anywhere unless you've got effective governance and audit and validation and verification. Right. Um, but you build these systems in. Uh, 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 if 
the data is math mathematically based and I, I relate back to the second image which was the flower generated by market trading you get the underlying mathematics you tap into the underlying mathematics of the universe in effect that the mathematic mathematical equation uh, uh, of biology is the same mathematical equation I could speculate that drives financial markets. Um, Valerie Shriplin has said, so such visual images are very clever and enormously helpful, but is it art? Aesthetic, quali aesthetic qualities are less obvious. I can't answer that question because artist's perception of an individual. Right? But I will go back to my four images, which started off with the young man with the mirrors bull in his eye, and then the, the sort of strange image generated of Cleopatra generated by a golden painting done by Clint. Sometimes in some of the images there appears to be a ghost in the machine. So I don't know if it's creativity, but it does seem a bit strange. Uh, Stephen Asher has asked, is what you're suggesting another type of analytics that business needs to solve problems? I think underlying what my whole work in this field, I'm saying you need to look at your business as a complex system and how your complex system moves in three dimensions or four dimensions and how it relates to other complex systems around it. Previously you couldn't do this because you didn't have the data. Now you have terabytes of data and the illustration in the presentation of the Bitcoin um, uh, uh, payments I think gives a clue to how you can do this, how you can use this. And that those kinds of visualization are used extensively in data-rich uh, uh, fraud detection systems. Um, Mahari Taula says that to get people to see the data rather than just looking at it, art can help with this. So sometimes the simple use of um, colour can help people interpret data. Yeah, I, I think it, it's broadening one's range beyond pie charts uh, 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 and the traditional uh, package of charts that you have in any spreadsheet. Um, uh, uh, Hans Rowling was the very first person who managed to set a spreadsheet up to illustrate population trends and that illustrated that data does move. And uh, uh, I think if you analysts out there might find it very useful to follow that theme through 
towards a more artistic uh, interpretation of the data, even although it's very mathematically based. You has asked for uh, your opinion on NFT art. Uh, I'm amazed by it. Uh, I presented a conference before lockdown and I said NFTs would be driven by sports personalities, i.e. you could buy a bit of Lionel Messi. And that has happened, but the art uh, uh, explosion, I find it very difficult to explain. The only thing I can give a clue is that art, you can perceive it, but again, paying real money for a certificate that you own bits and bytes, I, I find it difficult to understand but i can't ignore it i you know you, you you can't ignore it it is there people are doing this uh on mass uh, 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 uh and it's very much like all the various uh, cryptocurrencies which have emerged um uh, and i think that set the scene for the nfts in art but I can't explain why it's become so popular, uh, because every every inch of this financial person says this is a bit a bit crazy. But I think humans at the heart at their heart are a bit crazy. <laughs> yes, um, probably time for one more. So Mel Cooper Powell says that. Um, in their work, they find they need a translator between complex data systems and creativity. So to understand the system in order to create the visual of it. So who links the analysis and the creators, which you know she said are very often two different skill sets. We're not all Leonardo da Vinci's. I think what you've got to develop is a culture to bring these people together. That. Uh, uh, Da Vinci had the culture of going into his market square uh, uh, in Florence uh, uh, during the Renaissance. And he would meet other mathematicians. He would meet other painters. Uh, uh, the way you got social status in that environment was to uh, uh, find yourself a patron. So, in modern terms, you've got to create the human culture to let these very different people work together. And then you might be surprised at the outputs that you can create. We've had lots of um, really complimentary comments here in saying um, it's been a fascinating talk. People have really enjoyed your eye-catching exhibits and thank you very much for your thoughtful answers to all of those questions. Um, and I agree it was a really fascinating presentation. So thank you so much for your time. And once again, thank you to our wonderful sponsors for making these webinars possible. And equally important, thank you to you, our lovely audience, for your time and contributions. A recording of this webinar will be available um, 
for you to watch on um, YouTube in the next 48 hours. And do join us again next week, um, and on our website also for that matter. Um, do join us again next week for more webinars. And remember, you can now get your FS Club fix on your favourite podcast app. Thank you very much and goodbye.